White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 773. And so it begins. There is a hole in your mind. What do you want? No one here is exactly what he appears. Nothing's the same anymore. Commander Sinclair is being reassigned. Why don't you eliminate the entire non-home world? I see a great hand reaching out of the stomach. Who are you? President Clark has signed a decree today declaring These orders law. have forced us to declare independence. Let's your people get off their encounter-suited butts and do something. You are the one. Oh, if you do Zahadu, you will die. Why are you here? Do you have anything worth living for? Think of my beautiful city. Flames. Giants in the playground. Get the hell out of our galaxy! We are here to place President Clark under arrest. From the new telepath colony in Gray Sector, it's the White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast. I'm your host, Van Allen Plexico, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Andy Fix. How are you tonight, Andy? Van, I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you doing today? I'm good. How many telepaths are living in your home right now? <laughs> I don't know. I've got I've got a bunch of munchkins running around, ah, but uh, you do. I don't I don't know so much about the telepaths. You do. We are recording this two days. The night before the night before Christmas, because we love our we love our audience, our listeners, and our patrons so much that we're here recording a podcast about a thirty year old show, basically thirty six hours before Christmas. We give Andy. That's what we do. We give. You know what I mean? And, Absolutely. But um, yeah, you're covered all up in in kiddos, right? For a big Christmas get together right. thing. My, yeah, my seven year old and all of his neighborhood friends are are over here, so it's uh. Not right now, but they have been for the past probably 36 hours. Uh, right now, right now I just have the one, but over the past 36 hours, we've had various multiple numbers of children over here, including a sleepover, which was just a blast. Good Lord. Good heavens. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I felt like Ivanova. I was like... <laughs> I can't yes, get any yes. sleep around here. <laughs> I'm just imagining that, like, you go and open the door, and they're all sitting there making They're all, like, wrestling around and yelling, and you're, like, right. threatening to put them out the airlock. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so good. Well, uh, tonight we take a big step forward with the show. We venture for the first real time into season five, five, five. This will be our first time. We've done the, We've done a couple of the movies that were produced before season five, but this is the first time we're actually setting foot, <laughs> venturing into season five, and it's going to be very interesting to see how you and how I react, because I'm not even entirely sure. We've, you know, the one, one thing we've noticed as we've done this show over the last couple of years is that our expectations don't always work out. There's been ones we thought we were going to love that we were like, eh, and there were ones that we thought were, eh, that we end up loving. So, you know, we've and we've made quite a few discoveries and self-discoveries along the way. So it's going to be interesting to see how 
season five shakes out for us, I think. I agree. It it, it was certainly fun going back and revisiting this. I, I've, I've mentioned it before. I have not watched any of season five since it first aired. So it's... Uh, it 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 was an, it was interesting getting back into it and actually watching it after remember I mean you know just having a foggy memory of of how it turned out and all that stuff it's it's neat to go back in and actually see it develop. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this episode we will look at. Oh, here's where the numbers get so weird and so annoying. This one is actually five oh two, even yeah. though it's it's season five episode oh one. They messed it all up with. Uh, <laughs> There really is no 501 anymore. I mean, you, right. you know, if you there's no 501 because the deconstruction of falling stars became 422. Sleeping in light is 523. Where's 501? Right. And and looking at the uh, the season by season review books, I'm holding the one for season five right now, the the Wheel of Fire. Yeah. By by that by Jane Killick, mm-hmm. and she at the very beginning, before she starts into the, the into the uh, the season five episodes she reviews deconstruction of falling stars and it's not numbered it's mm. just listed as deconstruction of falling stars and then she goes to, to chapter one which is 502 no compromises so it's it's interesting see to me if no compromises is 502 deconstruction of falling stars should be 501 just moved up i i, I agree so um yeah. Well, in, in any case, it's the first episode of season five, and it's called No Compromises. Um, before we get into it, though, as always, we have to—I have to ask Andy because he keeps up with these things better than I do most times. Have there been any news or announcements since the last time we spoke? Which I believe you know was for in the beginning. Right. I have not encountered anything. JMS has mm-hmm. been talking on Twitter about his comic book stuff a lot because he, he just took over uh, I think it's Captain America but I could be mistaken um, so he's been talking a lot about that and I haven't seen really any mention of uh, any Babylon 5 news I believe the one thing now that you mentioned that it brought back a memory is that a few days ago on uh, I got an email from the Babylon 5 fan club that's been putting out the or Babylon 5 books I guess is what it is now right Captain mm-hmm. Jacqueline the books and it was JMS saying uh, they let him on, basically, of course, why not? Because JMS they let him on to talk about his new book. I believe he has a new novel out. You okay. remember he put out Together We Will Go like a year or two ago. And now I believe he has a new novel. And he was talking about that. So, but that really wasn't anything remotely Babylon. Oh, and he said it, I think he said something like he thinks Babylon 5 fans will particularly like it. For some reason, but I don't. I, I guess the thing to do if you're listening to this in the in the in in fairly real time, and not like years later in the archives, if you're listening to this and you want to know what I'm talking about, just Google JMS new novel 2023 maybe or 2024, and and maybe that'll. I don't really know how I'm going to do it right now while we're on the air, but that should um, or maybe Andy will do it. I don't know, but anyway, that'll. That'll kind of give you an idea of what he's got going on. But that's it. I mean, he was just trying to – he's basically pimping his book, and, and well, should he? You know, he's a great writer. So um, I really enjoyed his autobiography. I haven't read Together We Will Go yet. I don't know why he doesn't write more books. I mean, he says he writes every day of the year except, what, Christmas and his birthday or something, I believe he said. Wow. And if he's writing that much, you'd think that he'd be cranking out more than he does. It doesn't seem like he 
I mean, I know he cranks out a lot, a lot, but relative to how much time he spends writing, you'd think he was putting out books like as quick as Michael Connolly or somebody would, you know, right. two, a, two a year. <laughs> right. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He's, it, it, I, I, I don't know. Um, let me see. It looks like uh, he's got Earthlight, a Random House audiobook original, will be released on Audible. Oh, that's in May of 2024. Another audio anthology called Far Horizons, but that doesn't have a, a date yet. Hmm. That's all it says about upcoming stuff. Okay. So um, I don't know. Unless, it's, unless he's talking about Earthlight. It may be called The Glass Box. Okay. Interesting. But I'm not 100% sure. Well, anyway. Okay. Anyway. All right. Well, in any case, so we don't really have a lot of Babylon 5 news this week. Right. I will just right. remind the listeners, and before we go ahead and get into the episode, I'll just go ahead and remind our listeners, we don't have ads on this show. There will not come any point, as far as I'm concerned, unless somebody goes in and doctors it up later. Um, but we don't at any point have our have this program interrupted by those really annoying ads that pop up in the middle of what you're trying to listen to and stuff. Uh, the reason we don't is because of Patreon. We have great listeners who support the show on Patreon.com. If you want to join them, go to Patreon.com and just search for White Rocket Reviews. Or you can go to B5Reviews.com. B5Reviews.com. Isn't it? With the, you know, no S. B5Reviewed. I never can get that straight. I should buy both. <laughs> I really need to just buy both. But then right. I have to, we would need more patrons to pay for it, though. See? So it's just a, it's a snake eating its tail, Andy, is this whole <laughs> podcasting game. But... Um, yeah, www.b5review.com and click on the button to become a patron. It'll take you to Patreon right straight ahead and you can sign up. And we thank all of our patrons every episode, which I'll do in a little while. Uh, the other thing I always have to remind everybody is we have a spoiler section at the end. We go through the jump gate and then we do the spoilers. So if you haven't watched beyond this point yet, you'll want to bail out uh, and not listen to the spoiler section after the jump gate sound until you've watched uh, the, you know, the rest of the series, probably. So, all right, it's time to talk about No Compromises, episode number 500. And so, uh, who, who, who's going to do the summary this time? Are you going to kick uh, off I or can, defer? I, no, I can do the summary. All right. Uh, Captain Lockley takes control of Babylon 5. Yep. During this time, um, the new president is being inaugurated for the uh, Interstellar Alliance. Mm-hmm. And shenanigans happen. Yeah. Well, I have something to say about the shenanigans. We'll get to that in just a minute. <laughs> All right. So the usual information, as always, uh, notable guest stars. I, I really only, I didn't note the name of the, of the assassin guy. Um, right. We, we welcome Tracy Scoggins, but she's not a guest star. But this is her first appearance in Babylon 5. It will scarcely be her last. She's pretty much with the show the rest of the way, including right. Crusade. Um, and then Robin Atkin Downs, who in the past has played a particularly annoying Minbari, uh, now joins the show as a particularly annoying telepath, human right. telepath. <laughs> so did you remember Byron, Andy? Oh, I, I definitely remembered Byron, yes. Remember yes, Byron. Remember Byron. Remember Byron. Um, let me see. I was wondering if they mention and I don't so yeah I don't I don't think that that guy that would play the terrorist he didn't do he him. didn't do anything uh, notable afterwards I, I looked at I looked him up on IMDB and uh, yeah. he he went into I think video games or something like that I'm not sure but he I thought you were gonna do... say witness protection <laughs> <laughs> 
This was, again, I'm not even going to worry about the number. The original air date for this one was January 21st, 1998. So the show really did start on TNT at the very beginning uh, hey, there's Andy. The camera's working hey, now. Yay. The camera just turned on. Look at that. How about that? I can see you now. Um, That's terribly odd. <laughs> the show began airing on TNT for season five, January 21st, 1998. And I go ahead and tell you, the, uh, the original air date of Sleeping in Light to end this season was around Thanksgiving of 98, which means that Babylon 5 season five pretty much ran the the calendar year of 1998. Yeah. Probably skipped a couple of months in the summer or something, but otherwise the entire year. Right. I don't I don't remember if it did that or not. I don't remember if they had a a summer summer break or not. We'll find out as we go along. So, yeah. uh, cuz there were 22 episodes, so it had to skip something or it would've been over right. by like June. Yeah. So, um, it was written by JMS of course. We're still in that long streak. I believe he started that streak at the middle of season two maybe and he wrote yep. the rest of season two all of season three all of season four just think andy we're just mere months away now from being able to say written by somebody else right. <laughs> it's gonna happen but not yet it is right and directed by dust off the old mount rushmore janet greek she yes back. she De- directed uh sheridan's first appearance on the station too Oh wow! How about that? So there yeah. you go. I guess that's why and, JMS maybe thought of it. And she, you, you could tell because she kept the the orange motif going. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, I, I kept expecting somebody to get killed, like it was uh, the Godfather or something. But <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um. All right. Here's everybody's favorite segment of the show every episode. Andy oh, <laughs> guesses the P five rating. I keep forgetting about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, to remind all of our new listeners, when the show first aired, the Lurker's Guide website did a poll every episode of thousands of viewers and asked them how on a scale of 0 to 10 you would rate this episode. And Andy has to guess what the P5 rating ended up being. And the thing that we figured out is the P5 rating is usually a little higher than our rating that we give at the end of this podcast because it was new and fresh and exciting and we're looking at it a little bit from the pat from you know from having seen it a few times and all that. That being said, what would you say the P5 rating was for no compromises? Oh man, that <laughs> that's a hard one because as much as we may or may not have liked this season, Going into it, there was a lot of buzz about Babylon 5 among the, the fans, so they may have been super excited about this. All right, so what I do is I, of course, I take what I think our aggregate, um, our average uh, rating would be for it. I double that, and then I'll add, I don't even know what I'm going to add to it. I'm gonna Okay, I'm going to double ours, so that would probably... Uh, I'm gonna say seven point. Can I? Uh, do I do the half stars or do I? Do I? I know they dial it down to the the tenths or the hundredths. You can you can go like point something, like one right. point five or something. Yeah, do whatever. All right, it's. I'm gonna say it's somewhere between seven and seven point five. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna say it's seven point five simply because of the enthusiasm of the 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 uh, the audience at the time. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it is incredible. He's only <laughs> been off wildly like once or twice in all this time, right? There's only been a couple. You've right. been you've been off by anything at all. Right. Um, and it's interesting too because the la- for the longest time we've been knocking down like eights and nines. It seems like right. But you said between seven and seven and a half, closer to seven and a half. The answer is seven point four five. That's how, crazy. How does he do it? He doesn't I, cheat. I, I know he doesn't you know, cheat. I, I know. I I, I didn't. Uh, yeah. I I it couldn't. I, I knew it couldn't be up in the eights because I I I just didn't like this episode. Yeah, very it's, much, so. it's it's not a great one. Yeah, it's not a great. It's going to be interesting to see what we both rated ourselves at the end. Right. Um, I have a few theories as to why it's not well, a great one, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. And the first episodes of every season are always kind of slow, yeah. catch people up type of deal, and and this one had the the additional handicap in that it didn't have any overarching plot to look forward to. I mean, it's it's wrapped all that stuff up. Yes, so that's, that's huge. Norm, yeah, normally in the first episode, they kind of catch you up where the plot is, and then they kind of point to where the, the plot's going to be going. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a, a record-keeping episode. But this one did a good job of, you know, kind of summarizing where they've been. But then, it, I mean, you know, that that's pretty much it, so... The, the one plot element that they introduced, you know, that they pointed to was introduced in this episode, pretty much. So, with you the, raised, the telepath war. You, yes. You raise a good point, though. What was the best first episode? What season had the best first episode? Because, I mean, I know you want to say season four with Hour of the Wolf, but like you said, right. things don't really get going in season four till whatever happened to Mr. Garibaldi in 402. I, you know, 401 right. is very much a, Hey everybody, what, what happened? You know, kind of a thing. So, right. And I don't, I don't have my, cause I started a new notebook with season five. I don't have my notes for the, yeah. the first, the first four seasons. I don't just, know. That's a good question. Yeah. Just as a gut reaction, I'm wondering, cause, cause you, I mean, you could make an honest case that the first season, first, first episode of the first season was the best. The first ones. I don't know. I mean, not necessarily. Right. It could be. I, I want to say we we thought highly of the season two season two opening episode. I, I want to say that because it introduced Smile and Johnny. That was but the Trigotti, right? Yeah. Yes. The, the rogue Minbari shit. Right. Right. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't remember how season three opened. Yeah, I can't remember the first episode of season three. I I just remember the first episode of season three was kind of a a downer. After right. the ending of season two, right? Season two had a right. big ending, and then yeah. with the with the fall of night, and then the season right. three kind of opened with a, you know. Yeah, under- well, they, yeah, they they tend to open kind of slow, and I think JMS does that intentionally, and I don't fact, know why. But let me see what it, oh, it was matters of honor. That I don't even remember. Maybe that was the Trigotti. Uh, huh? Oh, that was David Indawi. Morden was on it. I don't remember. Yeah. The yeah. Rangers, Marcus first appeared. A lot of stuff happened in 301, but I don't remember much about it, honestly. Right. All right. Well, anyway, I have quite a few notes of my own. I'm not going to do a whole lot of JMS's notes tonight because I have quite a few of my own about this episode, but we can get on into it. What kind of yeah. random factoids and notes do you have about 502? The, the only things that I have written down are the oranges, the prevalence of the oranges again. <laughs> I thought okay. that was... Uh, uh, I don't know if interesting is a good word for it, but it was there. 
Yeah. And I did dig up a fun fact about um, the uh, screen testing for the actresses that were to take over as, or that were to be cast as Lockley. And uh, what they did is they got down to the final five, and then they brought Jerry Doyle in for that to mm-hmm. read against them with that scene in the hallway that first time when they interact with each other. And yes. uh, Jerry Doyle read against all five of them, and uh, Tracy Scoggins was number five. And she got they, they got into a verbal uh, argument, one where it got pretty intense during the while they were reading. You know, in character, they got into, you know, they went beyond the script and got into an argument. And when they were done, she was all huffy and she walked out. She thought she completely blew it. Yeah. Uh, Doyle turned to the producer and said, that's the one right there. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was kind of fun. I had, I remember seeing her on various shows in the 90s before this, and it seemed like an odd fit. But Yeah. Well, she really wanted the role. She really went after it because she heard it. I mean, she heard, was a fan of the series. You know, mm. She loved the show. Yeah. She heard a lot of good things about uh, how the, the writers and the, the cast were very, you know, intertwined and connected and, and talked to each other a lot. And she thought that this would be just a, an amazing thing to be a part of. I'm just trying to think now, when those big convention gatherings happen, and I don't mm-hmm. remember her, I don't, I'm trying to think if I ever saw her at Dragon Con. I can't remember now. I had to go around the corner and look at my poster. But, um, I don't remember that we ever saw her and Claudia at the same time together, because that would be interesting to see the two of them together. That would be. That would I be. don't. I mean, I know that Talia has been there, and obviously Lita's been there a lot. When they, as far as the women, right? And Julie Caitlin Brown, and uh, but I can't remember if Tracy Scoggins and Claudia Christian have both been on a. Probably, probably like the big one. That big one they did, they recorded and did a DVD, right. DVD of it and everything. I bet they were there, but um. If I remember, uh, um, Claudia was not uh, interested in doing that sort of thing in the immediate aftermath of her departure from the show. Yeah. She wasn't yeah. really big on Babylon 5 for, for almost a decade. Yeah, I know that Like when all the cast would come to like Dragon Con, she wouldn't be part of that, but then she would be there on her own sometime. Right, right. Uh, when I finally got her autograph on my poster, it was at Archon in St. Louis by herself. She, her, actually, her table was right next to mine in the in the hallway. It was funny. Well, that's um, cool. Um, let's see. So I have a few factoids and notes and observations that I want to talk about. First thing we've got to talk about, the best thing about Season 5 to me, we're going to talk about some of the things that are disappointing and all that, and that's fine. But there is at least one thing about Season 5 that to me is the superlative. It's the best of anything Babylon 5 does in that area, and that is the opening credit sequence. And mm-hmm. and that's not just a that's not a a small compliment because this show has great opening credit sequences. Each one is different. I don't remember there's ever been a show before this that did this. Every right. season's opening credit sequence is different, has a different theme song, has a different yep. voiceover and everything. Yep. And this one to me is by far the best. Yeah. It does a very good job of catching everybody up. I mean, it it has scenes. Mm-hmm. It's like a miniature you know, a miniature episode in itself. It has different mm-hmm. scenes from the different seasons to get you caught up on all the action and it, it does it very succinctly and very elegantly. Great theme music. It's, it's yep. my favorite theme song of all of them and I love all of them. Yep. Um you know, they like we know that 
the, the first season theme music was just kind of classic. And then it got darker and darker. And by season three, it was like really dark theme music. Season four was like going to war. There was a lot of bum, 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 you know, dr- marching music. Season five is triumphant. It's soaring. Yeah. It's triumphant. It's look what we've done. And it's so good. Right. And it's got those great audio clips from the series, from, from the high moments of the series in it. Yep. Yep. Uh, just fantastic. I think it's the best. I'll probably squeeze it in here somewhere. Uh, that was by, of course, Christopher Frankie. It, it was originally, it was derived from the Voices of Authority theme from the seat, I think from season three, and it can be found in its original form before it was changed into a 30-second theme song or whatever it is, or a minute-and-a-half theme song. You can find the original track it came from as Voices of Authority on Babylon 5 Volume 2 Messages from Earth CD. Cool. That is a CD that I played till it wore out practically. You know, if you could wear out a CD, I wore that CD out over the years, but it's, yeah, it's the last track on that CD and it's so good. That's a great CD. Um, I love the new logo with the sword and the shield and the stars. It's gray and blue, kind of invoking a civil war that's happened and everything. Yep. Oh, I love it. In fact, I was going to tell this story. I'll mention it now. Uh, Dragon Con 98 or 99, I was going down an escalator at one of the hotels, and Robin Atkin Downs came up the escalator opposite me, and I looked over and saw him as we passed each other going in opposite directions. And I turned around and looked back like, was that, was that, was that Byron? And when I looked <laughs> back, he was wearing a black crew jacket from the show with that shield and sword logo on the back. That's cool. And I said, I've got to have that jacket, not the one he was wearing necessarily, although, you know. And I ended up getting the, um, I have the crew jacket, but I think it's the season three, not the season five crew jacket. I have the one that's got the Babylon 5 logo. Uh, it's like a baseball jacket with the, with the elastic cuffs and waist. Yep. And it's got the starburst with Babylon 5 logo in the middle. I've got that one but I don't have the, this one was a, and and it's kind of like not denim, but almost denim. The one he had was like a black satin, silky. So anyway, that was really cool. Yeah. I feel like I said, I said there were some high points. Now there's some things that disappointed me. I feel like this is, we we immediately begin to realize who is missing. And obviously Mm -hmm. to me, the biggest loss is Susan, right? It just, the show does not feel the same without her. That is so true. It, 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 and we'll get into this as we discuss our our, um, our uh, categories. But it didn't feel like Babylon Five. It, no. it just didn't. I, I mean, I it was palpable. I mean, it was it was the, the show was definitely different. Definitely different. Yeah. No Marcus, which also didn't help. Yeah. And then no Kosh, no Morden. Um, you know, I, in retrospect, you know what they might should have done in episode one? I know they probably couldn't, he, JMS couldn't have fit all this in. He, he might have just needed to go with a completely different story to introduce it. If there had been some way they could have had Bester show up in the very first episode, at least it would have felt more like a classic. You know what I mean? There just there wasn't really, it just seemed like the, the, the threat in this episode was not much of a threat. Right. There, I could there, never take uh, yeah. it. He didn't represent really anybody other than a disgruntled guy that lost his job or whatever and right right you know 
it needed something bigger, I felt like, to kind of kick things I, off. I agree. But you agree. see, the Minbari aren't mad at Sheridan anymore. President Clark is gone. The right. Vorlons are gone. The Shadows are gone. There's yep. just not really... Morden's gone. So, and, and this is because... Again, we, we'll talk about this over and over, but this is because the show basically had to end in four seasons, and this became an extended epilogue that was not planned. Right. I Absolutely. mean, it was originally planned, but it not this way. Right. But they so. still they they could have I don't know. It, I mean, it's it's easy to, to look back on it now and criticize, but they they could have yeah. they could have I don't know. It's it's hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, watching it, I kept thinking what what I would have done differently. What right. how you know how what direction I would have gone and all that stuff. But it, I mean, I, I don't know what what input JMS was getting from the the executives at you know TNT or anything like that. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was it was not the the way I would have done things. I don't think. Um, I won't say any spoilers here, but I will just say I, I think I would have liked. I mean, the telepaths are fine. I you know that's right. that's something that was there in the box. You pull it out. Right. But what happens in the second half of this season to me would have been better to go ahead and get started now because it doesn't really the second half of the season to me is better and it doesn't get rolling really for a while right and and by that point i'm like i'm so done with the telepaths and you you know just just right now thinking about this discussion how well do you think a shortened um oh i I can't even remember what what was the name of the, the first not not in the beginning, but the the, the first uh, yeah. How interesting would third space have been as the season five opening episode? Mm. Kind of because it's still tied back to what happened in season four. It could yeah. have been instead of placing between you know the the commercial break in that one episode, this could have been you know an interesting way to to call back to you know the whole plot arc of the first four seasons. But move it forward as well, you know. It, it, they could have used it to to introduce maybe I don't know. To, they've already introduced the drop, but I I think that third space would have worked better as as you know the season five opener than than this. This it would have been a great way to, yeah. to introduce Lockley. She could have taken the the, the scenes that uh, that uh, Ivanova had. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I I just think it, it I don't know. Yeah, I uh, yeah. They, they need they needed to introduce some some more interesting plot and some some better villain or, or antagonist than, than what they did in this episode because this episode they really didn't have an antagonist other than you know the the immediate threat. I mean, yeah. they, they they didn't move the plot forward at all. They didn't introduce any any new elements to the plot or anything like that. So yeah, yeah. That was my other thought: is if you're going to have a talky episode where characters just kind of change and react to each other changing their situation like rising star just do it like rising star you didn't have an assassin running around trying to kill sheridan during rising star you just did the stuff you just had the conversations you know if if you're gonna have a rising star episode do it that way don't throw in because you know i've you and i have agreed forever that like the weakest one of the weakest things they do in babylon 5 is the thug of the week right and this guy right. was just barely better than a thug of the week, right? Uh, it, it's, it's almost like the the um, executive producers from TNT were saying, "We need some actiony bits in here." Yeah. How cool would it have been to have like uh, an episode where um, 
Sheridan is trying to talk Jakar into writing. You know that one scene. I love the scene when when Sheridan comes in and asks Jakar to write the the, the declaration and all that stuff. How interesting would it have been to, to have like a political type drama, like from seven, the the seven, the musical seventeen seventy six, where it's Sheridan trying to manipulate Jakar into writing this declaration and other political factions, you know, trying to insert their agendas mm. and all that stuff. Man, that would have been something else. That yeah. would have been really cool. <laughs> you just made me think about the all musical Star Trek. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying they should have broken out into song, but, oh, but the, my the, gosh. Poli- the politics in 1776 were oh, fascinating. I yeah, I, no, and, look, I'm look. I love the all musical star trek strange new worlds episode i thought it was great i'm i'm all for if they could have done an all musical babylon 5 episode that right would, <laughs> that would have been so good i would want to hear uh because we we've got the album of the b5s you know they can sing right i'd have liked right. to heard jakar and londo do a duet you know about well anyway all right, right. uh but yeah i remember sheridan said during season four that it felt like some of the magic was gone from the universe well i'm agreeing with him i'm not I'm, right. I'm, i think he's right about that Right. Um, I felt like the telepaths in this episode evoked a very strong vibe reminiscent of the techno-mages in the Geometry of Shadows, right? This strange lurking group coming onto the station and uh, going around like a bunch of Batman wannabes disappearing at random and, you know. Right. Um, they they, they kind of came across as the anti-techno-mages because they were, you know, he even came out and said, "We don't really use technology." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I they were kind of it was, it was. They they reminded me more of uh, a darker mirror version of uh, the the monks that were on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just kept thinking, man, I wish they were techno mages. I would be so much happier if this was a techno mage colony right. rather than a telepath colony. Yeah. Oh man, oh, just man, think about that. That would have been cool too. Oh Holy yeah. Cow. Um, apparently Sheridan and Delenn are now living together but dividing their time between their two quarters for practical reasons I thought that was interesting so that means every other night Sheridan has to sleep on a diagonal with a little tiny triangular right. pillow I kept thinking whatever company on Minbar has the license to make the little triangular pillows it's kind of like the Ikea of Minbar you know <laughs> they're making a killing I mean how much material can it really take to make one of those little pillows and they just sell them by the crap ton to all the Minbari right. to sleep on they have, they have a Minbari equivalent to the My Pillow guy. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he was involved with the Minbari Civil War. <laughs> oh my gosh, his name is Lindell, right? <laughs> Call Lindell, get more pillows. My little triangular pillow from Lindell. Oh boy. My triluminary inspired pillow. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> Three sides to the pillow. One for the worker, one for the religious, one for the warrior. Oh my God. Um, let's see. What else was going on? Zach is still the security chief, but Garibaldi is there just getting in the way and acting like he's still in charge, which is right. par for the course. I didn't have a problem with that. Right. I thought that was pretty funny. Well, I thought that was a very interesting, both Lockley and um, Zach both had their immediate predecessors still on board. Yeah. In, in civilian form and still asserting their authority in yes, certain areas. trying I, to I run, thought, yeah. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Um, I, and it seems like they decided that Garibaldi and Lockley have great chemistry, and boy, we just got to get them together a bunch and watch the sparks fly. 
right? And, and to a degree, yeah, but I, they don't thrill me the way I feel like they were supposed to. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll we'll, we'll see that as as the this, the season progresses. Yeah, I have more to say about that anyway. A little bit, right? Um, I'm still having a hard time accepting that Garibaldi is just totally back to being a super eager good guy. I, I in fact, I think I kind of liked him better as Shades of Grey, where I didn't know what I was going to get with him. Now he's just like, right. we've got to make sure the president's inauguration goes great. And I'm like, right. God, you. at this point, I'm and, suspecting you of being a terrorist yourself when you talk like that, Garibaldi. Right. And he, he has gotten a very, very high-ranking position Mm-hmm. In the new, you know, Interstellar Alliance. I mean, chief of whatever it was, of not chief of security, but chief of intelligence, espionage, or intelligence. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a huge, oh, yeah. huge, you know, member of 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 the president's cabinet, and to have this guy that you know just within the past few months tried to kill or yeah. at, at least abducted him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he was mind controlled, but there would still be, you know. There's got, I mean, in the current, you know, in our reality, if you so much as have, you know, like a bad credit rating, you you don't get top secret clearance with the government, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you have a bankruptcy or, or you know, you know, a shoplifting charge, you don't get to be put in those high positions. So, letting Garibaldi into, you know, that high of a position, you know, being a, a in direct contact with the president after doing what he had just done during the war is is pretty uh i don't want to say impressive but it's pretty eye-opening yeah i I know everything about it i mean i just i mean i know that we're supposed to just totally embrace him now and not be suspicious or whatever but i i again it wasn't just that i still was suspicious of him it was that i actually kind of enjoyed it when he was suspicious right right he was interesting then he was, and that said, it was still fun to see you know season one, season two Garibaldi back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I thought it was funny that Byron would tell anybody who would listen how mu- how malnourished and deprived his little band of telepaths is, but yet clearly they had enough money to keep in nice clothing and shampoo and conditioner. Right. <laughs> yeah, that that. The little scrawny, tiny Tim kid that was supposed to be so malnourished and near death looked like he just walked out of a, a, a magazine shoot. Right, exactly. He looked like a member of the some boy band or something like that. Yes, like he came yeah. off the set of 90210 to film this or something. Right, right. What and are they Byron, kidding? Of course, with, with his famous hair. Yes, I. They all looked like they were great. I, I just the, the telepaths just rubbed me the wrong way from the jump. I, I just right. I don't like them. Right. They're annoying. They, they're cloying. They, they're icky. Right. They're it, ugh. They the the, the telepaths kind of remind me of the whole sexy vampire thing <laughs> that was happening in the in the late nineties. Yeah. You know. Yes, that's a good. I mean, that's they, good. they all right. have their, right. They all have the black clothes and the mm-hmm. you know the. I mean, some of them looked straight out of Anne Rice's interview with the vampire. The the one guy with the long. I mean, oh jeez, don't get me started on the, they, these guys. They, Byron even had the little crystal around his neck like Morden. Right. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. Just. It, it could, yeah. It, this will be the recurring theme of our season five podcast, I think, is it could have been done. Uh, even with what they were working with, it could have been done so much better. Even if they didn't <coughs> change the plot lines and stuff like that, 
it could have been executed better, I think. Well, my recurring theme is also, you're right, is also going to be one half, man, I wish Susan had been here to save this, and one half, thank goodness Susan (laughs) is not here to To go through what would have been her plot. We'll talk about that more in the future. All right. Right. Um, In the first scene that Lockley and Sheridan had together, you could see JMS tap dancing around unsaid things that we don't know yet. I'm not going to give away any spoilers right now. But I found myself hanging on every word each of them spoke to see if either one of them gave away anything that wouldn't have been apparent on first watch, but knowing what we know now would be more apparent. And the only thing I really could tell was you could tell they knew each other. Right. But didn't really go beyond that. Right, and you could tell that she was very purposefully being... Uh, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, official by calling him Mr. President and, and stuff like that. And, you know, never referring to him as, as, uh, yes. Sheridan or John, John or anything or like that. It was anything. Mr. Yeah. President. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, so yeah, knowing what we know about, about their past, it's, it, it, it was interesting and there were some hints of it in there. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't have known it. You wouldn't have right. caught it if you weren't looking for it. Yeah, Exactly. They call Lockley Ivanova's reply. I told you I have a lot of notes. In fact, like I said, I'm not going to go into much about JMS notes or whatever. I'm, I, have, I have my own thoughts, and, and, right. and I want your reactions to them. They call right. Lockley Ivanova's replacement. They literally said she's Ivanova's replacement. She wasn't, but, though. But, yeah, she was. I mean, they didn't go so far as to say exactly why Ivanova had to be replaced. Right. Remember, we hadn't seen Sleeping in Light yet. You and I cheated. Right. We hadn't seen right. Sleeping in Light yet. So all we know is, hey, Susan's gone. We don't know why. We don't know where she went. Here's Ivana over there to replace her. Then you kind of have to surmise, okay, well, Sheridan's kind of moved on beyond Babylon 5 now in terms of running it. So I guess the unspoken thing was Ivanova was going to be in command of Babylon 5, presumably as Captain Ivanova. Right. And she he, she doesn't have an XO now because Ivanova was no, the XO. That's right. She came in to replace Sheridan, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have an XO. Well, that's they said she replaced Ivanova, but Ivanova would have replaced Sheridan, so effectively she was replacing right. Sheridan. Yeah, that's right. a very good point I've never thought of before. They never bring on an XO for for Lockley. There's no, right. there's no. Um, I mean, she's got Lieutenant Corwin, but that's hardly mm, an no. XO. I mean, that's just uh-uh. a lackey. Yeah. It's true. I never thought about that. She never gets a lieutenant commander or commander. Right. Not even our old buddy. Uh, Atumbe. Oh, Atumbe. my God. That would have been the perfect. He's probably like, wait a minute. What? Why How did I get, I get off passed of over again? Dang it. <laughs> passed over again. The There's a whole office with a desk <sighs> that's empty right now because oh. there's no XO. Yet I'm still on third shift. Un- Unbelievable. He gets passed over and done wrong again. Unbelievable. Well, um, but yeah, that's a good point. There's no XO, so there's no uh, Ivanova from the first few seasons, and there's no, not even a, um, well, see, because Lockley kind of is an amalgam of Ivanova and uh, the Gathering gal. (laughs) Yeah. um, 
Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, I forget her name. Commander, uh, Lieutenant Commander, crap. What was her name? No, now I'm blanking. That, that it. It. We'll think of, <laughs> yeah, we'll think of it in a minute. Laurel Takashima. Yeah, Laurel Takashima. Yeah. She's, Lockley kind of is a combination of those two because she's, right. she's the dynamic new female commander, but she's also kind of shady and suspicious. They, they spend a little bit. Now, I, I'm going to get to that, but I think they that was one of the more, I thought that one of the most interesting aspects of this episode that they didn't really go into at all was Lockley's past. They touched right. on it a couple of times. Right. And I, I thought that, I thought the moments that this episode crackled a little bit was when suspicions were raised about Lockley's past. Right. Exactly. And the, the, the more so with Garibaldi than with with Sheridan. But Sheridan also, I mean, there was a little thing there where she said, "You know, you didn't ask me." Yeah. I noticed you didn't ask me where what side I fought on during our war, and he, and like, he says, "You're I, right. right. I didn't. You're right. I didn't." So, so Sheridan blows it off. Garibaldi right. was much more concerned about it. Right, exactly. And understandably so. That would have been, and I don't remember exactly where it goes from, from here, but, man, that they could have done some really cool stuff with that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it comes up a couple more times, but to me, that should have been, after everything they went through in the first two seasons with yep. people from EarthGov messing with them and EarthForce messing yep. with them. That should have been a bigger deal. That, that oh. could have gone, that oh. could have been part of the whole political subplot or the whole political plot of the the episode could have been you know that could have been a big part of that man yeah missed opportunities you know yeah for sure for sure they spent way too much time on this mystery of the dude some random dude trying to kill the president and they could have been doing so much cool more cerebral stuff you know with with the politics and getting Lockley in there what you know oh man well the other thing i was going to mention to close out that little thing is this absolutely confirms to me the idea that Ivanova was going to have command of Babylon 5 if she hadn't chosen to leave because that because they said she repla- Lockley replaced her and Lockley becomes right. the head of Babylon 5. Right. Uh, agreed. So, yeah. I, I think of yeah, I think Ivanova would have definitely gotten the promotion cuz Captain Sheridan was no longer Captain Sheridan, so they would right. I don't think they would have brought anybody in and put it over her. I think they would have moved her up. And there's one other thing that they did say that feeds into that is it was pointed out, I think by Lockley, that Babylon Five was still independent. Because remember, right. she said she said something like, "You chose to have an Earth officer command right. this station. Like you didn't have to. You right. could have picked a Minbari or you know whoever, but you chose to reach back to Earth Force and bring me. You know. Yep. And so that was a choice. It's not like when Sinclair or Sheridan were put in charge by the president and there was no, nobody got to, you know, all the, all the Mimbari could do was just veto. They couldn't choose. Right. Right. He, yeah, he actually was the one that did the choosing. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting, an an interesting move on his part too, which, which I don't know they they could have done something with. You know, another big opportunity that was missed there. What's that? He could have put a Drazi in charge of the station. (laughs) It would have been a party, Handy. It would have been a party oh every day. And when purple green time rolled around, that oh station would have rocked. That would have been like bringing a Klingon to the Enterprise or something. That would, that would have been that would have Just been so Captain. cool and so much fun. Wow. 
Wait, I just imagine, <laughs> just imagine that Green Purple Day rolls around and com, right. com, Commander Nick Lock or whatever says, <laughs> special orders for today, opening airlocks on half of station randomly. <laughs> but Commander, if we do that, it's fine. <laughs> I, I still struggle with my Kim Strauss Drazi, but right, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to to, to live, you know, fill those shoes. It is. I, I found scaly. it interesting that she was the only one on the station wearing an Earth Force uniform when everybody else had the Interstellar Alliance uniform. She was yes. the only person that, the only person on the entire station. I mean, not even the security staff. They weren't wow. wearing Earth Force anymore, and yeah. You know, the whole command staff had their Army of Light slash Interstellar Alliance uniforms on, so. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. Right. How, how if if she were to order, I mean, can't she, I, I can only assume she can order Zach around, but does he have to listen to her if he disagrees with her? I think that you'd had to put some kind of an agreement in place, right? There'd have right. to be some kind of like a contractual thing because, yeah, Zach's not a member of Earth of earth force if he ever was he's a he's a he's a warrant officer kind of thing like garibaldi was which is separate from the officer corps and all that i don't fully understand it but then again jms has never stuck religiously to uh (laughs) to the military ranks anyway so you know yeah and but lieutenant corwin was was very deferent you know to her when she came on board like she was in direct like mm-hmm. she was in yeah. direct chain of command for him. Like, so. For example, Ivanova becomes a general. I don't think that's a spoiler to say that. How right. Ivanova's not an admiral is beyond me. I don't. Do they have admirals? I'm, that's the thing. I don't think they do. It's just nuts. Yeah. I don't, it drives me nuts. Yeah. Okay, fine. Whatever. Right. Uh, let's see. We finally saw what the game looked like. That was and cool. That's one of my categories. That was really cool. And I, I, my notes say, we finally saw what the game looked like, and eek! <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, we learned... And yeah, go ahead. What's really interesting is that was the genetically modified uh, example of the race that was modified to be more palatable to, you know, humanoid species. I thought like, I remembered... Man. Where did we see that? Where did we hear that? I remembered that, too, and I don't remember where it came from. Was it one of the it books? Was, it was, it, it, well, it was mentioned directly in this episode, but it, it was also brought up at some point in time when the game first came on board. Okay. But Sheridan actually mentioned it in this episode. Okay. Well, they did mention yeah. they had queens, so there is an insectoid right. kind of thing going on there. Right. Right. Um, I did remember, yeah, that they physically altered them from their original shape to be shaped like humans. Uh, sucked for that poor ambassador, by the way, to go through all that trouble and then get gunned down by thug number one. But Right. I, I don't think that they changed their form at all. I think they were genetically bred to, to look like that. Oh, okay. I could be well, that makes even more sense. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if that was canonical or it was just something that we had heard or whatever, but I remember hearing yeah. that, though. Yeah, it was definitely something Sheridan brought up in this episode. Um, let's see. You mentioned Tracy Scoggins and how she got the part. I wonder who the other actors were that were up for that role and didn't get them, didn't get it. I've I never don't know. Heard. I, I, I tried to dig that up, and I couldn't find any mention of it anywhere. So may, maybe one of our patrons or one of our listeners will, will be yeah. able to, to provide the information. But There's I your mean, challenge. Find us out who were the other finalists to be Ivanova, and we have we ever, have we ever heard of them? Right. I'm, I'm trying to think right. who was who's roughly that at, who would have been like 40 a female actor in around 19 around uh, 1998 that would be about 40 uh that would have been like 
up for that kind of a part. I can't even imagine. But um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Let's see. There was a line where Garibaldi said to Zach, when Clark was kicked out of office, the assassin went underground. And I'm like, um, <laughs> let me see if I can find the noise I made when they said, oh, I can't. Um, oh, you'll recall that my, uh, my uh, oh, the soundboard is such a pain in the butt, Andy. <laughs> I was going to do the record scratch, but just right. work. Okay. Right. Um, because, wait a minute. When was, uh, when was Clark kicked out of office? What's that? What is he even talking about? Right. Kicked out of office? You mean? I mean, I guess he was removed from office. By himself by with himself, his PPG. Right. right. There was no assassin. <laughs> I don't even know where that was. I, that just that lost me. Okay. Yeah. Nobody seemed terribly concerned about the poor security guard that took a PPG blast to the chest trying to stop the assassin from killing Sheridan. Did you notice that? Right. I did. They're just like, be- oh, we're all good. Everything's cool. Everybody hugging everybody. Yay. Glad yeah. we got through that with no collateral damage. And the guy's lying there on the floor. <laughs> Maybe, you know, they have the, the black padded chest pieces. Maybe that's armor against PPGs. I don't know. I got a whole thing. that That's one of my categories is the security around Babylon 5 and the presidential inauguration. I, I, I'll yeah. get into that later. Well, you know, uh, I was going to say, it's not like they took him in an open car around a windy street under the book depository. Or let or let a guy with a gun into his presidential box at the at the theater or anything. Right. But, right. Know, but um, <laughs> I I just couldn't believe. Oh, by the way, the Rangers need a bullet a PPG proof vest. If anybody does, this episode proved because right. dude got shot right in the chest and died instantly. But yeah. I just couldn't believe that they shot the guard in the chest. They'd already established this episode. If you get shot in the chest by the PPG, you're dead. Right. And nobody paid him the slightest attention the rest of the scene. They should have at least said, given him a name or something, you know, like he just sacrificed the of the Intercellar Alliance. Yes. And they just kind of look at him and step over him and continue step on with the scene. <laughs> step over <laughs> him is the, oh, that's the, yeah. They just looked at him and st- <laughs> let me Let me move you out of the way, son. Just <laughs> like, st- Please don't suffer so loudly. We're trying to have a conversation here. I just couldn't believe that. That's oh, that was just. And, and th- this all goes to what I was talking about earlier, where this just didn't feel like a Babylon Five episode. It the the the, the writing was sloppy. Yeah, it did. You seem know, that way. It, it, th- th- this shouldn't. I mean, the 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 bit you said with with Garibaldi and the line he threw out there, and and that and and the other stuff. It just it seemed like it seemed like a more typical 90s sci-fi episodic show than the Babylon 5 writing that we have, you know, become used to. Yeah, yeah. Um, my last thing is, the best thing about this episode for me was the idea that Lockley could be one of Clark's minions and has now been yep. put in charge. That makes her very interesting. She never denies it, never clarifies anything. Uh, I We learn a lot more about her later and everything in a lot of ways, personally and professionally. I kind of wish that she would have turned out to be another snake in the grass, like the one that shot Garibaldi in the back in season one, because to me, at least that's interesting. Yeah. And calling her one of Clark's minions seems a little bit unfair. She, and she even said to Garibaldi, she fought on the side of earth. Earth, She was doing her duty to earth force. She wasn't necessarily 
a Clarkie. I think she was, she was like the the uh, the general in the final, you know, in the final battle there, where once Clark was out of the picture, he was on Earth's side, not on Clark's side. Uh, no, I agree. You're right. Um, all right. So a couple of things about the title sequence. JMS says he picked no compromises because that was the approach for the season. We aren't going to give an inch on the quality of the show. Well, you know. Um, he said, I saw the first pass today on the title sequence based on my outline of the editors. Looks pretty spiffy and a big difference from what we've done before stylistically. I agree. Yep. Um, they said, uh, he, JMS says, this is in some ways my favorite title sequence. Well, I agree. It's absolutely my favorite. It took a long time to make it. It was very difficult to assemble. Usually I can design the title sequence on paper, and the working and then wor- uh, working with the editors doesn't take as long. Here it took a long time to painstakingly choose the images, use counterpoint dialogue, pick the high moments, and make it all flow from one year to the next. Sort of a Cliff Notes version of the history of the show, and the music yep. is terrific, very mature solid sounding as for the back of the station those damn taggers are everywhere aren't they because his name was spray painted on the fusion reactor yes (laughs) that was kind of cheesy but kind of fun too i really love the opening title though i think it's just a it's just a good um just a good thing um uh robin atkin downs played moran and in the beginning jms says we were impressed by his portrayal of minbari and that led him to coming in to play byron um he says Lockley has, I think, the maturity of character you need to rise to the rank of captain in the military, the voice of moral authority with which both Sinclair and Sheridan had in comparable positions. Oh, she has a sense of humor, but we don't see it here in this episode anymore than when Ivanova first came in because both are in new situations that require a certain degree of seriousness. We'll see some of her humor along the way. I'm trying to remember when we saw Lockley's humor, but I guess it doesn't. It's not like Susan's. Right. right. It, it certainly wasn't anything memorable because I don't, I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, what is Jakar's position now? A lot of that will be established this season, but technically he's still the ambassador from Narn. Okay, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. I thought Seems he had kind of transcended that and become like Messiah of the Lizard People or something. But He was chief speechwriter for the president of the Interstellar Alliance. Well, he's Thomas Jefferson of the Interstellar right. Alliance. There's no question right. about that. Um, Man, they could have done a whole West Wing thing with this show at this point. That would have been so cool. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, it's time to get into the categories here. So I actually have this one blank. I'm going to have to think on the fly. What was your high point of this episode? I just totally forgot to answer this one. <laughs> right. This is not an editorial I comment, I promise. Right. I just didn't think to answer I it. I'm trying to think now. I didn't forget to do this one. I struggled with this one. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, I, I, the only thing I could come up with, w- come up with was the, the big reveal of the game. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was well done. Um, I liked the look. You can tell they put some money into it. It was an interesting thing, and it was properly alien. So I, th- I thought that was cool. I think that my two favorite, well, my the, to me, the high point of the episode was the opening title sequence, but and, and that sounds facetious, and I don't mean it to be no, like an insult. I don't mean it to be an insult the rest of the episode, but right. this was the first time we saw it. Right, and that's totally fair, because it was a really cool sequence. When this episode aired in January of 98, that was the first time we saw the season five opening sequence and heard that music, and I was just like, oh, this is so good, and yeah. so that, yeah. Um, I also really liked Sheridan and Delenn's kind of personal interplay. They're always so good together. They did have great chemistry compared to they did, yeah, to a lot did. of people. And I also liked uh, the the Garibaldi Lockley, where there was just this hint that maybe she was not good. 
she was Clarky. Yeah. That I liked. Uh, what was your low point of this episode in particular? Yeah, I, I I first wrote down my initial reaction was kind of a cheat. It was no Susan, which isn't really fair. Yeah. You can't really hold that against the episode, but that was a big low point. It was. Um, but really, the, for me, the low point was the Babylon 5 security, how incredibly <laughs> inept and incompetent they were. During the, the whole assassination yeah. scene, you know, the guy runs out the door and they say, well, he won't get far. We'll lock down. You know, they're like, why don't you have 10 guys outside the doorway of where this presidential inauguration is going on to, to stop this exact sort of thing? You know, it's like they have five security guys total on Babylon 5 and the rest, what, just quit or something? I, 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 I didn't how, get that. How do you not lock down that section so he couldn't get, for example, to a Star Fury? Right, right. How did he get to the stuff? I mean, sure, he knocked the guy in the head, but how did he launch himself? I mean, just the, the entire security procedure around this, you can't get within a, half a mile of the president of the United States, you yeah. know, unless, you know, you're on a list somewhere. I, it, it, and when he comes to town, and I, I've seen this personally, when he comes to, the president comes to Cincinnati, they shut down streets. Mm-hmm. So you're not even allowed near the street that the, the motorcade is driving down. There is no way that even if he did manage to sneak in dressed like the game ambassador, once he shot the president or shot at the president and then walked out the front door, there is no way he would have made it five feet without being tackled by a hundred security guards. I mean, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Sometimes, like you said, the fact that he got to the Star Fury, hopped in the Star Fury, launched himself. Oh, yeah. Sometimes this show forgets that it's that it should be bigger than it is. Right. Sometimes they sometimes JMS seems to write the show like the world of Babylon 5 is the size the show can show it rather than how big it is and we're only seeing a bit of it. Right, right. You know, I, it's yeah. it's like it's like if it was a 20-piece pizza but all we see is one slice, he writes it like the entire universe is one slice rather than we're only seeing right. one slice and that's the, so, kind of what happened there. So yeah, sometimes he does that. Sometimes. But, and this was this was definitely that Yes, a, a case of that because I don't. I, it seems like they he was writing the episode and TNT kept saying, "No, you got to have more action. You got to have more shoot 'em up mm-hmm. stuff." You gotta, that's you know, entirely it, possible. That's what, it, that's what it felt like. I'm not saying that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that's what it's sure what it felt like because there could have been such so much cooler stuff going on that they wasted time on this. And and Jameis, his, it seemed like his heart wasn't even into it. He's like, eh. Well, he's got to be a threat. He'll just steal a Star Fury. It's like, yeah, like you can you know go steal a. An F-18 off of the 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 deck of an aircraft carrier. That that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't even know how he got into the hangar area where he could knock the guy over the head. Right, right. And like, there's only one dude in that entire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he was the lone Star Fury pilot in the entire hangar. I mean, I, I yeah, uh, it was frustrating. Yeah. That, that uh, was the low point for me. Well, it's one of those things where if you're going to do that then your, your excuse cannot be, well, we didn't have time to set it all up. You know, then make that what you're doing and spend the time on it. Don't right. shortchange us by trying to cram too much into 40 minutes of show, you know. But anyway. Right, exactly. Well, my hello point was the whole assassination plot because I felt like it was all there just as an excuse to have, have them running around doing something uh, right. while they were doing all the character introductions and the interactions. Uh, right. It, it, I, I feel like, like I said, they should have just, if they're going to do Rising Star, do Rising Star. You don't need an assassin running around during Rising Star. Right. What was your most Babylon 5 scene? My most Babylon 5 scene was when Sheridan went in to talk to Jakar to get him to write 
the the declaration and, and yes. the the uh, what do you call it the um, the inaugural part the the swearing in the oath of office yeah yeah the oath of office that's what I'm looking for yeah that's the two I things, thought yeah. I thought that was cool because it was a cool callback to Jakar he even mentioned you mm-hmm. know the his speech after um, Londo and the Centauri had wiped out his planet again. You know that that and that was such a huge that I think that's why this was so disappointing because that was such a hugely powerful, mm-hmm. well written, uh, political dramatic scene in in that episode. Where in this episode, none of that. Yeah. And I think I think that was disappointing. And uh, so we when he went in there and asked him, that was a really cool Babylon Five moment because I thought that's what we were going to get. I was hoping that's what we were going to get. Oh, hi. <laughs> We we had a cameo appearance from the wife. Yes, always good to see her. <laughs> uh, let's see. <clears throat> yeah, I had it, it. It probably shared in asking Jakar to write the Declaration of Principles and Oath of Office because that combines the show's clear stated ideals with the idea of an interstellar alliance and with the idea that Jakar is Thomas Jefferson of the Interstellar Alliance, which right. I thought was that, very that's good. That's the yeah. first thing I thought of, too, was, oh, yeah. he's Thomas Jefferson. I kept waiting for Jakar to say, oh, Cap, uh, Mr. President, I, I, I couldn't possibly do it. I'm too busy working on a new constitution for, uh, for the for uh, what the crap is the Narn planet called? Narn. The Narn the Narn homeworld. I mean, the Narn homeworld. Yeah, yeah. I, they, that's weird. Anyway, and you know, it would have been even funnier if after Sheridan left. Uh, Jakar went back to his bedroom with the the, the bed full of Narn women. Yeah, well, he <laughs> thought I was too busy doing affairs of state. All right, oh, that fool. <laughs> oh, that's good. I love Jakar. Favorite character moment. Speaking of which, uh, for me, that my favorite character moment was uh, when the the big reveal when Garibaldi was telling Lockley about his promotion to the head of uh, Interstellar Alliance Security because that was such a perfect. Garibaldi moment from like season one, season two Garibaldi where, you know, he was the, the sly, you know, double talk and stuff like that. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, he was setting her up for the big reveal and all that. I thought that was really cool. That was perfect Garibaldi. And it was cool to see him back. I agree. But the interesting thing to me about that scene, I know what you're saying, but to me, the interesting thing about that scene was that Garibaldi to me came across as I've got something I'm going to get her with and she's going to be all like what? And I'm going to be like yeah. And she's going to be like yeah. what? And so Garibaldi's <laughs> like well yeah baby I'm going to be the ho 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 what do you think about that? Huh? huh? What do you think about that? And she's kind of like okay. yeah. Which I thought she kind of won that little I, I felt like Lockley yeah. kind of won that because Garibaldi was all full of himself like watch me dunk on her. Right. And she was like okay cool. Yeah. It would, I, I still thought it was a cool Garibaldi moment. I, 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 I smiled. I was like, yeah. yep, that's my boy. That's, yeah, oh, it was a cool Garibaldi moment, but I thought she held her own, which I think was kind of the she point did. in terms of the, their audition and everything. So, yeah. Right. And, and I don't dislike Lockley's character as much as I hate the fact that she's not Ivanova. Yeah. I don't dislike the character. I think, right. that, you know, it's it. it she, there's meat there if yes. they would just season it a little bit and cook it up yeah yeah no i think she always had potential and i don't think she ever lives up to the potential right. and i don't know that that's tracy scoggins fault oh, i don't think it's scoggins fault at all yeah because she i mean she's she's a fine actress she i think she did a great job of of walking the line between you know being a a, a, a hard-nosed officer but still a human you know she she was still a a, a human being but she was also a hard-nosed 
Yeah. Uh, she's probably the, the the strictest, most uh, line towing officer we've we've oh, seen yeah. in charge of the station. Yeah. It's too bad they didn't go back and get Ari Ben Zane. He's been dying for the job all this time, man. And it came open again, and he's like, "Son of a mister." But uh, that I think that would have been cool. I think that would have been cool. Oh, bring him on. He had he had history with with Sheridan. I I just think that he's such a terrible actor that it really would have worked. (laughs) It just would have. His eyes would have been crazy. Yeah. Um. I think I like Lockley better on Crusade, and I feel like part of it is because on there she was interacting, and this is not spoiler, I'm just, I'm going to be very vague. I think on Crusade she was like interacting with characters rather than commanding. Right. And the thing about when she's commanding and she's all very stiff and proper is she reminds me of like every teach school teacher I ever had that I couldn't stand that was right. overly officious, trying right. to lord it over the kids. Yep. She's so humorless in those times and so stick up her butt that I just don't yeah. like her. But but there are other times when she kind of is not like that, and I like her better then. We just don't see much of that yet, but hopefully right. I don't remember right. when we I, – I, I don't remember a lot of her from Season 5. I remember way more of her from Crusade than I do from Season 5, so it's going to be interesting to see. I remember her more from the new adventures of Jules Verne than I did from season five. <laughs> Wasn't she on the Lois and Clark show too? I, yeah, I, I think don't remember. She, I think I, she, she was like, been, I stopped watching that after the first season. I yeah. Think. I never really watched it, but I think she was on there. I think she was like the sexy coworker with Lois and Clark at the daily Bute or the daily planet or whatever that, they were. That could be, that could I be. think she, that's where she played a really, she played a great <laughs> character on Jules Verne. I love that show. And I, I thought she did really well in there. Hmm. I've never seen that. Uh, my other favorite character moment is when Garibaldi looks at the Earth Alliance or the Earth Force logo above her desk and says it looks a little crooked. That right. is, I, that's probably the high point, honestly. That to me is the most yeah. memorable moment in the entire episode. Yep, yep. That would, I mean, just the that's so the, good. Yeah, the, sums the it up subtext. so well. yeah, yeah, the subtext there was awesome. I, it sums up the whole idea that on Babylon 5, the humans are usually the worst bad guys of the entire galaxy. Yep. I mean, it's funny because even the shadows turned out to have like a kind of a higher purpose, whereas the humans are just like, can we be your flunkies? <laughs> hey, shadows, can we do like evil stuff for you guys? You know, the shadows yep. are like, but we have the drug. No, we can be more evil than the drug. Come on, we're humans. Come on. <laughs> That will forever be the shadow voice now, of course. Absolutely. That is, and it's canon. It is. It it's is perfectly canon. canon. 100%. So, yeah. Funniest moment. And, and for, for you people that, that can't watch <laughs> us record this, Van does the little things with his hands all the time. <laughs> just like, you know, just waves his fingers and you know together in front of him. It's, it's hilarious. It's part of it. It's part of the stick. I have to. <laughs> There's, you can't do that when you do Kosh because there's no fingers to, to do. <laughs> well, unless you're watching in you know the the, the gathering. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> all right. What was the funniest moment, speaking of all this? Funniest moment would be when Jakar, after the whole assassination attempt and everything, yes. walked into the, the thing with, with uh, Sinclair and says, do you want to be president of the Alliance? I do. Fine, done. Let's eat. <laughs> I, I act. You're. I. I. We're agreeing on everything tonight. 
I actually yeah. went back and transcribed it. So not to criticize you for paraphrasing it, but since right. I went to all the trouble, here's what they actually say. Do you want to be president? Yes. Put your hand on the book and say, I do. I do. Fine. Done. Let's eat. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it's a great... That's some great JMS writing. That's when he's at that his is. best, right? Right, right. Because that's all, that's in character for everybody there. Yep. And the, the look on Delenn's face when that happens, I had to go yeah. back and watch it again <laughs> just to watch Delenn's face. She's like, wait a minute, this can't be it. Are you guys kidding me? <laughs> she has three facial expressions during that moment that we just said, right? right. Her first is kind of incredulous, what? Her second <laughs> is her normal smile, like this is cool. And then her third is kind of a combination smile and what? So right. she kind of she goes from, huh, to, huh, to, huh? <laughs> it's so great. Wait, Go back I and... Thought you guys- I thought you guys were joking, but this is really this it. This is it. He's ready to eat. Let's go. Yeah. Um, the other thing I had down as, as funniest moment was Delenn says Garibaldi wanted to have each person strip searched, and Sheridan says, I'm glad you talked him out of it because I had no desire to be struck blind by the sight of Londo <laughs> naked. And I'm thinking, A, that's really funny, and because he then waves yeah. at Londo, and Londo's like right. clueless going, hey, hey, how you doing? Right. A, that's funny, and B, they should have. Right. <laughs> they should have. Yes. At least yep. the aliens in body armor. Right. The the ones that you can't identify their facial features. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that would have been a diplomatic you know, yeah. situation for sure. I'm, <laughs> we're taking that helmet off, son, and I better see me some tentacles and right. mandibles <laughs> or you're going to the brig. Yeah. Certainly don't want to see an ex-Earth Force officer. No. That, that or, wouldn't go well. Or Nick Who won the episode? Mr. Garibaldi won this yep. one because he he's back in the good graces of not just Captain Sheridan, but President Sheridan mm. gets a huge promotion and, mm. you know, gets to lord over the... the uh, uh, and he's the one that, you know, broke the case with the, the assassin, too. So, yeah, that was... Uh, that we was, are they, so they in agreement this... This time, I have Garibaldi, and then I say the telepaths for now. For now. Because they won them a colony for now. Yeah. I think Sheridan went over uh, over Lock- oh, if only. went over Lockley's head and gave them a telephone booth down in the Gray 17 or something. Right. It'd be funny <laughs> if they get it, it, it. Well, we have Gray 17. What do you think about well, that? got a whole level. That could easily yeah. hold hundreds of them. You'll, you'll need a bulldozer. Right, <laughs> and and there could be dudes with little doll heads shooting darts at you, but get past that, and it's homey. Put some paint up, some curtains. You know, it'll be nice. Fresh coat of paint. Maybe a zarg. Right, but you know, well, you know, keeps the rat keeps the rat population down. <laughs> Londo won't come and bother you. You're guaranteed that. There might be the occasional Muay Thai tournament going on. Could down be, there, yeah. That's where they hold those now. But you know. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, and then I had Sheridan kind of won because he didn't get killed and he got to be president. So, whew, got that done. Yeah, that was, that's definitely a win. They kept calling him Mr. President. He hadn't been sworn in yet. He was kind of president-elect, I'm assuming. Was he elected? No, he, he kind of was appointed <laughs> or yeah. self-appointed. I don't, I don't think there was no political because this was all done before the interstellar alliance even had any sort of constitution as far right. as i know i guess they i guess they got with the, the ambassadors and said yeah, yeah. just bump them up and what i'm going to say that they used that form of government where 
instead of like a popular vote, you have like a commission, like the European Commission. Oh yeah, like the the Parliament. Representatives from each member world, and they in a room somewhere that looked like a bad game show set voted that Sheridan would be the the president. Yeah. It would be like the equivalent of we would vote for our congressional representatives and our senators, and then they would choose the president from within their ranks. It's like a prime minister or something, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, kind of like the European Union. Okay. Uh, who lost the episode? Well, there's some obvious I, ones. I said the game ambassador. <laughs> Bingo. Number yeah. one, yes. Yep. Sucks for you, Lort. Right, right. That was, that was kind of sad because, you know, she, he, or it had... You know, just met the new captain and was mm-hmm. all happy and stuff and just relaxing a little bit and got shot. Doing the, <laughs> doing the game face. Uh, got my game face got on. Got the game face on. That's pretty That's good. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the assassin yeah. lost, thank goodness. Yes, he did. That security guard I mentioned that they just kicked him in the ditch and kept yeah, going. Right. <laughs> good gosh. He was a big loser. Lost. What what was the bit about the the music box with the the bad guy? I I, I didn't get that at all. I don't know if that was to make him seem eccentric creepy. and crazy yes, and creepy, but it, it was just it. It, it was terrible. Yeah, there's an episode of Crusade where like there's an assassin that goes around talking to Joan of Arc or something, and it's the same thing yeah. where JMS just he just comes up with these colorful little things to make them not boring, and it didn't work. <laughs> It no, just yeah. made it, it just was weird. Yeah, it did not work at all. Uh, and then I said the other loser was all of us because you could so tell Susan was missing, although I was right. willing to give Lockley every chance in the world. All right. They do get better, folks. This was a particularly disappointing episode of a season that Andy and I, I think it's fair to say we still have the, the, the what do you call it? The jury's still out? Jury's still out on this one, yep. We, we could I'm, end I'm up hope. loving season five. We could. <laughs> I tried to keep a straight face, man. I did. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I mean, hey, we thought we weren't going to like season one that much, and we loved it. This, so. this is true. I, we did love it. I mean, I yeah. totally turned around on season one. So, yeah, yes. I, I still have hopes for this season. I do know that there are some episodes that I enjoyed. Yes, um, I'm, for sure. I'm just – and I'm looking forward to see, you know, it, it, season four wasn't quite as, as mm. spectacular as I yes. thought it would be. I mean, it was still spectacular, but it, it – not every episode hit like I thought every episode was going to hit big. This, so maybe right. this one is th- some episodes will hit better than than what I'm expecting. I'll make you I'll put it this way. My recollection is that season 5 the high points are standalone episodes rather than trying to have an arc cuz there's not they try to do a couple of arcs in season 5 and yeah. Yeah, the jury again. The jury's out on them, but I feel like there were some standalones in season five that really right. were among the best. And I think the whole issue with the arc, the arcs that they do try, they don't have four seasons of buildup. Yes, like the other arcs did. They, yes, those arcs each built up bit by bit over four seasons before culminating. This one, they try to do it in four episodes. Yeah, that and you know? see because Babylon Five works best in the longest form possible. Which is yes. why in the beginning was the best of the movies because it right. fed off of all those seasons we'd already seen in ways that yep. the others didn't. Yep. The the others were like a special episode of season whatever, and this was right. Yeah. So that's, I I agree completely, and that's why all the pilots for other Babylon Five shows have not done as well. I don't think is because they try to start something new, 
and tell you a story right then and there. And right. it, it's, it's about the long form, the slow burn. Right. Babylon 5 is all about the slow burn. Yeah, I mean, if you can, if you compare, I mean, we're going off on a tangent here, but if you compare the the Legend of the, of the Rangers and the mm. the um, the pilot for the Crusade movies or the mm. Crusade series, compare that to the Gathering, and they're entirely different. Mm-hmm. Um, the, those two try way too hard, whereas the Gathering was just a fun movie, mm. you know, that that was dropping hints of stuff, yes. you know, not even big hints. Just we we had no idea what was coming after the Gathering, but you could tell that in Legend of the Rangers and Crusade, they were setting up the big story arc right up front and were being very explicit about it yeah. and laying it all out and saying, this is what this show is going to be about. You're right. You're right. You're 100% right. It, I, it, it, they, it, it wasn't organic. They didn't No, <clears throat> That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. All right. Here we go. It's time to give our rating on a scale of zero to five. What did you rate? No compromises. You know, if you had asked me this right after I, I hit stop on the TV yeah. with my clicker, I would have said a two. Hmm. But thinking about it for a little while, you know, I, I am willing to bump it up to a 2.5. It's just amazing how how in sync we've been. We've had almost the same answer for every question. Right. And my rating is 2.5. <laughs> yep. I mean, And it, I made a I, note I, that's mostly for Lockley and Jakar. Yes, absolutely. It right, right. It, it totally is. Yeah, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. That's that's those two saved the episode. I mean, it was. I don't know. It it was. I don't remember being this disappointed when I first watched it. But again, you know, we had thought Babylon Five was going away forever, and to get this episode was like a gift. So I think maybe yeah. I was a little bit more forgiving of it, or was just more starstruck by the fact that I was even watching it. So And we didn't know where it was going at all. Right. Right. That's true as well. Did we didn't even mention I, I gotta throw this in. Yeah. As much as I don't want this whole episode to be complaining, and I don't think it has been. We we've enjoyed some things. Did, did it just rub you a little bit the wrong way that they had the reception first for the inauguration in a closed room where the assassin could open up with a gun on people. And then when he escapes and gets in a star fury, they move into a room with big windows looking out right. onto space. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like if his, in his ne- if he'd gotten away there, he'd gone and gotten and turned into a shark and they then had a <laughs> post inauguration in a swimming pool. <laughs> Like, what medium does he need to go into next that's conducive to him killing people? I just, come on. He would on. disguise himself as a Pac and they'd have the next part of it in the sewage system. In the, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. Yeah. It, 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 it ultimately, I, I think the, the, that part of the, the plot was ham-fisted and sloppy. Yeah. And overall, it just didn't feel like Babylon 5 to me. I mean, having been immersed in the first four seasons of Babylon 5 over the past three years with you, I, I have a greater appreciation and love of the show than I even had before. And going into this, it just, it, it hurt. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it was a punch to the gut watching this. And I'm like, oh my God. It so, did. yeah. I'm, I'm so looking forward 
to what our listeners and our patrons have to say next episode when we record next episode. That's going to be cool. I, I want to see what yeah. their thoughts on this episode on this was. one. Yeah. Well, we right. have their thoughts coming up here in just a second on our previous couple of episodes, but we got to thank right. them. Remember, go to yes. www.b5review.com and click on the button to become a patron. Here are the fine folks who are currently keeping the station in orbit around Epsilon 3. They include Allison Rich, Leah G, Rich Hammett, Ben Massive Geek Cred Rose, Debbie No Spoilers Norris, who I probably violate her directive every episode, <laughs> Dra- Dragon Condolin, Emma Jane, <laughs> Van and Andy are wrong about third space, Alexander. Oh, no. She's killing us about third space. Emmanuel, I, Emma, Jane, Emma Jane, I want to know what you think about having third space being the, uh, Ooh, yeah. the first episode of season five and do you think that would have worked better i want to yeah. i want to hear what she's got to say about this that's a good question uh emmanuel seaman grumpy old sgu fan well we're working on more sgu coming up jalza yeah. mondo six michael o'connor middle-aged geek tim pete they can at least tell us what book is going to be first so we can start reading it now Furman. oh the books uh yeah right. that's a good point uh, I don't want to do the Dells. Do we have to do the Dells except for the last couple? We don't have to. We, we I can mean, do whatever you want. Why don't Why don't we, you and I, get together, get a whole list of the books, and then next episode, Pete, we will have something finalized as to yeah. what books we're going to cover and uh, which one we're going to, in what order we're going to do them in. All the literature. Yeah, that's a yeah. good. Thank you, Pete. That was a good suggestion. Even though that yeah, worked. that is that is that, good, Pete. Thank that was a good suggestion. Yeah, uh, Steve Palmer. And, 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 and Pete, I hope you're feeling better because because Pete, Pete Pete was having some medical issues. Oh, week. Pete, no. Well, yeah. I hope he is feeling better. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Steve Palmer, Stu Parker, the Geek Boy, Unavez, and Una Luna Azul, Drazi Green. Heather and Yancey Steingraber, Ice Cream Clone with Boba Fett Head, and New Pulp Reader and Writer. Oh, well, we're glad to have you. Oh, oh, hey. Yeah. New Pulp Reader and Writer. Welcome to the welcome to the gang. That's what we do. Andy and I are That is, new that is pulp what we do. That's how, that's how Van and I know each other is through the yes. New Pulp movement and that's our it. reading and writing of, of said. And, and and I'll say this in two seconds. I'm, I'm about 90% through with my next pulp novel right now i was just telling andy about it off the air i'll tell you guys about it in a future episode perhaps briefly all right um just a few comments here let me see if i can um uh this is always difficult because this website is slow oh i got a bad gateway error no i don't know if i'm gonna be able to i'm trying to get to our yeah i can't get to it Patreon, Patreon will not let me. Uh, give me one more. Technical issues. Yeah, there's third space and in the beginning comments. Did I think we already did the? I think we already did the third space comments. We did. We did. Um. So let me get to the in the beginning ones. I'm trying to get there. I think that the I think the Patreon website may have crashed and I'm not able to. Yeah, I can't. It's giving me a bad gateway. So I'm not able to get to you guys' comments. So Ben, Pete, Emmanuel, you all had comments about in the beginning. And Andy, let's make a note. We'll get those next time because I just it's the website's not working and I want to sit here all night with you trying to get it to work. So we'll Right. No, we that's, wanna, that's fair. We'll get to those next time. Okay, because I really do want to hear what they have to say about in the beginning. I yeah. I'd love to, but uh all right. Our next episode I believe, oh, I closed out 
I think it's the long, very long night of Glando Garibaldi. That is a good question. Let me. I closed it. Reference my handy dandy guy, The Very Long Night of Londo Malari. That's right. All right. That would be 503. I believe it was originally going to be called The Very Long Night of Susan Ivanova. <laughs> I think it was, and they had to change it. Yeah. For obvious reasons. All right. L- last thing, we're going to go through the jump gate. I only have one little spoiler thing, and maybe Andy will have some. So here, go ahead and go through the jump gate activated. And we go to spoiler space. So if you haven't watched Beyond 502, you probably want to eject your from your star fury now and uh, because we're going to be talking about stuff from beyond that. The only thing I really have is that we were talking about the, the Lockley relationship with Sheridan, and mm-hmm. that is that she was his first wife. Right. Which made Anna his second and Delenn his third wife. Yeah. And have I told the story before that JMS told about that? No. Okay. I had, this is a great place to do it, and then we'll wrap up unless you have anything you want to throw in the spoiler space. I don't. So the, the story from JMS goes, I think I heard this at Heroes Con back in maybe 08. The story goes that JMS said he was at a convention right after this, uh, right after the revelation that Ivanova was Sheridan's um, first wife. Lockley. Right after Lockley, not a yes. I'm, I'm, I'm I get them mixed up every time. Yes, Lockley. <laughs> that would Lockley. be a whole oh, different. Oh man, thread. what a whole other path that story would take. <laughs> yeah, when it came out that Lockley was Sheridan's first wife, and by the way, that's going to lead to a great scene in Crusade between Lockley and and uh, Gideon. Oh yeah. There's a great scene that comes up because of that, but I won't. Because even with spoiler space, if you haven't seen Crusade, I don't want to give it away. Right, right, right. But um, people are frantically looking for their – hitting their pause button now. But here's what happened. At a, at a convention, some uh, JMS was taking questions from the audience, and, and this lady said – this lady apparently said, uh, I just think it's so brilliant that you had Sheridan have three wives, the first one Lockley military cast, the second one – Anna, worker cast, and the third one, Delenn, religious cast. That was just brilliant of you. And JMS said, and I just stared back at her and blinked my eyes and said, holy cow, I'm smarter than I thought I was. He had no idea that he'd done that. And folks, that is, that is how writers write their books. Half the time when I get to the, the, the climax of the, the book, I don't, it, something clicked from the first part of the book that I'd never planned on. I mean, yep. stuff like that just happens. Yep. And it's it's like the muse, the great the great muse in the sky is saying, "Okay, we'll make that work." So, yeah. I yeah, that's hilarious. I love that story so much. I love that. Andy, by <laughs> and the way, it's funny Andy, that he admitted that he that yeah, that he admits to it. Yeah, absolutely. I just was want to point out to the audience that Andy our connection dropped right as I got to the Right as I got to the end of that little story and the punchline that he didn't know he had done it, you froze on my end. So I didn't hear your reaction oh. un- until you said the thing about that's how those things happen. And so uh, right. that was funny. That's just kind of the way it goes around here with our, our haphazard show. Yeah. But here we are. So, All right. Uh, did you have any spoiler? We're, we're a fly-by-night organization here. <laughs> Fly, we are. Did you have any spoiler? Uh, no. I have. No spoilers to discuss. I, I think uh, I think we, we've covered everything. We covered everything. All right. 
We're going to get and Lanier out of here. wasn't at the Lanier, Lanier wasn't Lanier wasn't at the inauguration. Yeah, Lanier was noticeably missing from this episode. So was Veer, but I assume he had a job or something. He was back on Centauri Prime right. or something. Yeah, didn't have everybody in this episode. Didn't need right. everybody, but didn't have everybody. No. Well, the budget's yeah. smaller now. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because yeah, those guys are, are paid by the episode. I think. I don't know. Who knows? All right. Not sure how it works. I think I think we've covered it all. All right. We're going to get on out of here. We'll see you guys in two weeks for the very long podcast about the very long night of Londo. <laughs> Probably the very short podcast about the very long night of Londo Malari. So there we go. Oh, we'll, we'll find something to go on about, Ben. We will. These guys, these guys get definitely get their money's worth with as far as length goes. <laughs> they get their money's worth. I certainly hope so. All right. We'll get out of here and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Take it easy, Andy. All right, take care. This has been a White Rocket Entertainment production.